Sona, this was a very nice day today. It was. Because uh, over here at our headquarters, we got this great gift, Tillamook ice cream. I'm a monster for ice cream. I know you are too. I want to take a bath in it and then I want to eat eat the ice in the eat the bath. Wait, what? I want to like bathe in it, yeah. but then I want to eat it as I'm bathing yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's a simple concept. You made it much more complicated. I know, I'm sorry. Fill a bathtub with Tillamook ice cream. I will get in it and then I will eat my way out. Yes, that's all okay, you need to there do. There you go. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have so many great it's such good ice cream and they have so many great flavors. I mean, just off the top of my head, I I don't know. Birthday cake, caramel swirl, banana split, caramel toffee crunch, chocolate chip, chocolate, chocolate chip cookie dough. I think there's butter pecan, cookies and cream, French vanilla, chocolate peanut butter. Malted moose shake, I think, is one. I can't remember too well. Mounted huckleberry, Tillamook mudslide, Marionberry pie, monster cookie, old-fashioned vanilla, Rocky Road, Oregon dark cherry, waffle cone swirl, peppermint bark. I'm, I don't, I'm just going off memory here, but <laughs> holiday sugar cookie, orange and cream. Anyway, so many great flavors and uh, just incredible. You know, they they really put, and they come in family-sized cartons. Mm. Also, you're in good hands with the Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products, and the brand is farmer-owned and led by dairy experts. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. I'm going to spell it for you. That's how much I care about this product. T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Hi, my name is Vanessa Bayer. And I feel honestly thrilled about being Conan O'Brien's friend. You know what? I don't. The fact that you had a weird, inhuman pause and you said, honestly thrilled. And then there was a pause like, anyone buying it? <laughs> is anyone buying this? Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens. Hey, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Um, I just looked up and read off a monitor that says the name of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Did you forget? And I, 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 I'm aware that I just said, hey, and welcome to, and I looked up and read it off the monitor. <laughs> we should put something That's up there that scary. we want read. Like, yeah. Welcome to Matt and Sona get a raise. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, an anchorman where he'll, he'll read whatever. He reads whatever. And he, what does he say? Fuck you, fuck San Fuck you, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, I think it's go fuck yourself, yeah, San Diego. go fuck yourself, I just don't want to misquote anchorman. Uh, anyway, yeah. I just... I don't know why I did that. I looked up. I know that this is called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. <laughs> but I looked up and I do. Okay. I really do. Just don't take that monitor away. <laughs> um, that's how relaxed I am. Mm. Let's look at it that way. Yeah, that's how relaxed cool. and in the moment. And Sona, you'll attest, I don't, I'm not a relaxed person most of the time. You're not. Why? I just, just stop. What do you mean? <laughs> stop what? <laughs> Stop doing! Stop doing that. I, I just, be, just chill. Just relax. I, if just I could, it. I would. Yeah, you know that. But you know, you've really worked on yourself a lot. You're a very different person than when I first started working for you. I will say that you, I've seen this is growth, what eleven or twelve years ago. Thirteen. Wow. Third's two thousand nine. Okay, that's right. That's right. Working for you. And what was the difference? What was I like then? I think you were wound up really tight. It was also when you were about to move to Los Angeles. There was a lot going on, and you yeah. were very like you know. I, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't think I walked around going, oh, no, so no, nervous. you weren't. But you could tell there was like just this weight on you and you were like, you know, there was a lot going on. And now you seem a lot more. You seem I'm happier. I'm a lot happier than I was. That's nice. Yeah. We've been lucky that uh, 
I think that the TBS show was so much fun to do yeah. and really kind of a joyous experience. And, and those were great people to work with. And then this thing has been just, I mean, just tripping and falling into, you know, yeah. what is it? I think my, my wife, she has a relative who, if something good happens to you, they say, well, you landed your ass in butter. Oh, which is like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you landed your ass in butter, but that's how it feels <laughs> getting to do this podcast is it's- You landed uh, so your ass in butter. I landed, I just want all the people listening to picture my bony, pale Irish ass yeah. that ain't getting any younger. Um, oh, being dipped into sort of liquid, I'm going to say melting butter. It's very soft, mushy butter. Like, is it opaque or is it kind of transparent, like movie theater it, popcorn? It's butter. sort of starting to get translucent around the edges. Oh, God. And it's also very hot. So as I'm being lowered into it, my I start screaming because <laughs> it's burning my ass. <laughs> that doesn't well, sound congratulations. good. Congratulations. You did this So thing. I want to say I really <laughs> did. not good. With this podcast, I landed my ass in, my bare ass in scalding hot butter. <laughs> you oh. did it literally? You heard that expression and you just tried it literally. Yeah, I did. I thought that must be great. So I had myself, I had a winch put in the kitchen <laughs> and I had myself lowered. It's <laughs> a, I'm sorry, what's a winch? A winch. I had, yeah. you tell, it's like a pulley a, system. Uh, like on the front of a Jeep, if you want to pull a Jeep out of a mud, you it's like a cable that will, that, with that a motor. can unspool, has a oh. motor. And so I had myself, uh, I bought, I actually stole it off the off of a Jeep that yeah. I saw in a parking lot yeah. and I had it attached <laughs> Uh, to the ceiling in my kitchen, and I had myself lowered in, into this vat of butter. I the guy nude. in the parking lot was like, where are you going with that winch? <laughs> said, you're not gonna dip your ass in butter, are you? <laughs> and I said, uh, I don't, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> All right, Bruno the Splooge, out! <laughs> don't look oh at God. me like that, it was last week. Uh. Oh, for God's sake, I'm very good at not mixing Man. I'm very good at mixing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I do feel Yeah, how dare you get on me about re referencing something last week and you're just talking about putting your ass in butter. It's yeah. not like we're doing high art here. Uh, no, I think this is high art. No. Oh, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, uh, no it's not. Anyway, no, it's not. I'll get us back on track, which is, and I'm sure there'll be some edits here. Um, <laughs> They'd be no, really I great do, if there weren't. You that, got it. <laughs> that we were very fortunate. I was very fortunate to to uh, land this silly gig. It's yeah. really fun, and uh, you know I'm enjoying myself. So I think I'm a happier chappy yeah. than I was 13 years ago. Good. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't see you like every day, Sona. You know what I mean? You've got your kids and stuff. We so. see each other a lot. <laughs> it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't. No. No, I think we we do. I used to see you. Constantly, I would see yeah. you all day long, and then if I was doing a show at night, you'd come on that. If I if I toured, you came on the tour. Yeah, you were omnipresent in my life right. all the time. Now it feels like yeah, I see you when we do this, and uh, I see you here and there. That's true. But you, you do seem happier, Sona. I am so much happier. I don't yeah. know what happened for the last eleven months. <laughs> I'm okay, just kidding. That's great. I'm kidding. All come right. on, I we're kid, pals I kid. to the end. We're <sighs> friends forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get on with this. Yeah, it smells bats. like ass butter in here. Ass butter. Jesus, I'm literally. Try it, folks. Dip your ass in very hot butter. <laughs> Take it from me. It's the most sensual experience you'll ever have. <laughs> what if today's guest was like Malala or something? <laughs> <laughs> and, and right now you just look out and you see that they're walking away. I've always wanted to have a really stupid segment up front and then look over and see through the window that the guest has gone. And I'd be like, wait a minute, who was it? It was, uh, you know, civil rights activist, like a really yeah. serious, good person doing good work. And they just heard me dipping my ass in butter. Like, I'm going to go. You've done it in the past when we've had like Hillary Clinton or, yeah. you know, Barack Obama. You're like, guys, we have to keep this intro very professional. And then it always, always devolves. devolves. Yeah. Obama tried to leave. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, he tried to go, and the door he couldn't get the door no, open. We don't remember because we weren't invited we were, to that interview. We weren't at that. Yeah. One. Oh, right, right. They, yeah. the Secret Service looked into your backgrounds, <laughs> <laughs> but they somehow approved the ass butter guy. Oh, <laughs> trust me, Sona, you actually have a rap sheet. So I don't. I do not. No, I don't. That's why I've gotten away with so much. Because I, I don't. No one's ever. Thief. Yes, yes, pick I pocket. know. Every, no, I'm not a pickpocket. That would Sticky be, fingers. That would be really cool if I okay. knew that. Still. You stole a scrunchie, right? What? Didn't you steal a scrunchie? Oh, among a lot of other. Yeah, things. Forever Twenty. You go to Forever Twenty One and steal stuff. No, not well. Yeah, Forever that's why you didn't get was. to meet Obama because you are a thief. It's I don't have a record. That's why I kept stealing. Trust me. There's having a record, and then there's what the secret.
Secret Service can find out. That's oh. not true. They knew exactly what you had done, and they knew well, that you yeah, could well, not be around the president. They presented they you with the scrunchie. Outfitters. Yeah. <laughs> Obama was like, where's the scrunchie thief? <laughs> <laughs> scrunchie thief here? Where? <laughs> the thief. This is the pickpocket. <laughs> no, she couldn't be here. All right. Okay. Jackie Secret Mason's Service. <laughs> Secret Service never... Oh, come on. That's Jackie Mason slash Barack Obama. It's both if you want. Uh, my guest today, hey, if you want impressions, this is not the place to tune in. Yeah. Okay. My guest today, oh, that was Obama. <laughs> <laughs> my guest today was a cast member on Saturday Night Live, now co-created and st- what? What the hell? And now co-created. You got too hung up on trying to pronounce My guest today was a cast member on Saturday Night Live and now co-created and stars in the new Showtime series. I love that for you. I'm thrilled she's with us today. Vanessa Bear, welcome. Uh, it is a thrill to have you here. You know, I'm, I'm, I adore you. I think you're terrific. And we're going to start at the beginning. Let's start at the which beginning. is you interned for me. Yes. And here's the crazy thing: there's this growing list all the time of people that intern for Conan. I mean, for we Conan. could start, but it's like yeah. Conan being me. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. okay I it's like sure. you have a little cult. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know what it is. Maybe I emit some sort of magical aura. Oh, boy. Hmm, I, don't, I, don't I don't think that's, that's it. That's, that's not it. That's at probably all. not it. Okay, let's no. move on. Um, but, you know, I mean, the list goes on and it on. It is now. very what impressive. Is the, I, John Krasinski, right. who, because he was a uh, large, strong fellow, I would r- regularly like toss him around mm-hmm. um, because when I see a. Uh, you know, I'm I'm like a, a threatened male ape. Right. And uh, Krasinski right away. Uh, and we've talked about it. I would like grab him and go, you listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, uh, Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling. Angela Kinsey. Um, uh, Ellie Kemper. Ellie Kemper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's incredible. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dick Cheney. <laughs> incredible. Uh, yeah. Dick Cheney, uh, right after he was done being vice president, came. Came an intern. He came an intern. And you know what? He was a terrific intern. That's, yeah. And he loves comedy. That's so, that's always <laughs> what you think. You think, you, you, you hope and you. Uh, he was, he was great. Um, did you have a good time? How long did you intern for us? I interned for the summer. I was probably there for two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a general production intern. So we sat on those couches outside of Tanya's desk. Tanya had her desk, and then we sat on those couches, mm-hmm. and we sort of waited for stuff to do. Right. <laughs> but then- And it was like, so you were, I remember those interns. Those were the interns that sat there, and they were like firemen, because- they were inert, and then someone would quickly say, Conan needs hair gel. And you'd be activated, and you'd go rushing off to buy that special hair gel that I like. It was so fun. It was real. Well, also, sorry to brag about this, but the summer before I had interned at Chelsea Market mm-hmm. at Oxygen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and name, dro- name dropper. Yeah, whatever. It's not a, even a big deal. But I, because I had interned there, I knew where to get all the free samples and stuff. Uh-huh. And so then we, I got asked like once a week they'd have an intern go get like oranges and stuff from Chelsea Market, like right. citrus to bring back to the office. Right, and that was because I was obsessed with no one on my staff getting rickets, <laughs> the disease people get when they don't get enough vitamins. Because you did your show Crossing the Ocean in an old pirate ship. Well, I just yeah. knew that there's one thing my, I said, I don't know if my show's going to be funny or not, but no one's getting rickets on my yeah. watch. Yeah, This that's... ancient mariner's disease. <laughs> so you'd go out to get oranges. So I, they'd be like, oh, who wants to go to Chelsea Market? And I'd be like, I do. So I'd go get oranges. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and I just spend, you know, a, an hour getting all the samples, eating all the samples at Chelsea Market and bring back oranges. And that's a real great memory. I well, can I just say, it sounds like, I'm going to say right now, it sounds like you were a, a bad intern <laughs> because you spent as much time, your your simple task was to grab some oranges and then you, right. you what, consumed or tried on 75 different free samples before you Right, returned? right. Well, I mean, I wasn't being paid. Fair point. Oh boy. But yep. no that one, again. But no Why one, do people expect payment for their right. labor? Right. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Why? You, you got school credit. But nobody, <laughs> I got school credit. 
<laughs> so it was like a class. What a cheap class. Who has gotten into like a, a, a reputable law school because they worked for Conan? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing this job for school credit. I, I know. You'll get there. Oh. Just a few more years oh. and you'll get there. No, of course. Uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about, but what is the gap between when you're an intern on my show and when you start? I think you started Saturday Night Live in 2010. Yes. So I interned for you the summer of 2000. Three, so seven years. So right. actually, the summer before my senior year of college is when mm-hmm. I interned for you. And then I moved to Chicago after college, and I was there for six years. And then I got – so pretty quick. What were you doing that gets um, you to SNL? I did – you know, I moved to Chicago, and I did all the improv. Yeah. Like, I did improv everywhere. And then I – not improv everywhere. That's a separate – oh no. improv. You know what improv everywhere is? I don't. <laughs> it's the all. thing where, like – They'll be, I don't know if it still exists, but like, I hope not. Every, it was, it was big when I interned actually. Mm-hmm. It, everyone's like on a subway train and all of a sudden they start like all singing the same song. Oh. And God. then like, and oh, then that's... like people on the train are supposed to be amused, but they're actually like, we just want to get to where we're yeah. going. Oh. It's a war crime. <laughs> oh my God, it Matt. It's like flat, early flash mob basically. Oh. Yeah. Yes. yes. And they like just start it. doing like scenes. It, it's bad. <laughs> no, and and you know what goes online every now and then. Uh, you'll see it, it. It'll go viral. Is someone a, a movie theater projector will break down, and then someone will jump up in front of the crowd and start doing stand up. And uh. um, the universal response <laughs> is revulsion I like, and anger. You said that like it happens a lot. I feel like it only happened one time, and it was a very awkward thing, right? It started. I'm I'm predicting that it's going to be a major thing. Okay. I'm predicting. I know that there was one case where it happened, but I'm predicting that this is going to spread oh. very quickly. People are breaking. Yeah, the that was to me. Themselves. That was the first germ that escaped from like the Wuhan oh, no. lab, oh. and uh, that's and now it's just you know, it's going to spread. And soon there's going to be improv everywhere yeah. all the time. And Fauci's going to be on the air saying, <laughs> don't say yes and whatever you do. <laughs> say the, no but. Say no but. <laughs> or just no period. Um, did you now, so you, and then you did Second City. I did Second City and The Annoyance and IO. So those three. And Andy Richter came from The Annoyance Theater. Yes, I think so. Yeah. It's really interesting. I have this fascinating relationship with improv, which is I started doing improv. Yeah. And I always thought improv's a great tool. And I always got worried the minute people were being charged to see it. That was always, I remember, a thing when I did it in Chicago. And like, I would have friends come to a show, especially like early on. And I... You know, you just don't know if the show is going to be good or not because someone could get in there. And I, as an audience member, I saw so many hours and hours and hours of improv, probably hundreds of bad hours of improv, because you have to be kind of bad at it before you get good at it. Like, I think very few people. Which is true of so many things. Yes. Yeah, but, but it's like, you, just, yeah, you, you just, I remember my parents coming to shows and just being like, <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> oh, no. I remember we did a show once where, like, I was with this group, and it was, like, one rule of, like, Earth, like, doesn't exist. So it would be, right, like, and right. it would be, like, you know, I don't know if it was, like, gravity. It was, like, something like that. And it would be, like, do the whole improv show with this one. And you don't tell the audience what it is. But this one thing that is, like, a rule of living doesn't is not a rule. And it was, like, that's how I felt. I was, like... I guess we're just going to like run the world after this. Like it was just like, we've come up with like the most incredible improv here, like people's mind. And people were like, that's okay. Like it's, it's fine. Like good show, I guess. But good sh- <laughs> nothing. My favorite comment is good show. I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the thing where like you're doing improv and you're like, we've come up with it. Like this is it. Yo, no, we cracked the code. <laughs> yeah. That is my, and I think that's something that's, uh, you have to be in your twenties yeah. and an incredible comedy nerd and very, uh, and it's, there's a sweetness to it. So sweet. But you really think we have found something that Monty Python never thought of. <laughs> Yeah. We found something that, you know, the great, uh, the Marx Brothers never thought of. We thought of something that no one's ever. But I, I will say in, <clears throat> in defense of, you know, when you see good improv, it's thrilling. It is. And it is. Um, I, I remembered when uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, when I first saw them in New York, we were so lucky because on our late night show, we basically had the entire uh, cast and, you know, everybody who was involved in the original Upright Citizens Brigade. That was our group of players yeah, on the show. Yeah. And I look back at it now and I think 
well, that was just insane good luck. Yeah, well, that we can just we need someone to play Andy Richter's sister who's obsessed with me. Amy Poehler will do it. She'll take a script that's uh, a B or a B plus and make it an A plus plus every single time through sheer yeah. force of will and talent. And it was such a joy. And then one day, Amy said, "Hey, come on down and do uh, be a guest on the Ascat show for Upright Citizens Brigade." And I said, well, sure, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. And then I remember I'd been on, you know, a TV host for a long time at that point. The terror came back to oh, me yeah. of you're completely naked. Yeah. Which was my first mistake. No one wanted to see me oh. naked. Oh. I was actually naked. No, that's a, that was my idea. I thought, you, I thought you meant figuratively. But <laughs> no, no. I, that's what they feel. meant was yeah. you'll be naked on stage. And so I removed all my clothing. Oh, and no. apparently not a good body, I'm told. <laughs> Uh, no, no. I, a I, good body, I guess. You, you don't have... <laughs> you, <yeah. laughs> no, I, I got up there and um, you have to go out and take suggestions from the crowd and then tell a story. It worked. And I was so relieved and I went backstage and the show was over and I felt like I have just driven my motorcycle my, through the comedy ring of fire, you know? And I'll never forget, Amy Poehler said, yeah, and I think the second show will be even better. <laughs> And I had no idea that they did two shows. And I thought she was kidding. And I went, yeah, can you imagine if there was a second show? And she said, dude, there's a second show. Oh, my and God. And I was I was like, no, I can't, there's no way I can do that again. She said, well, you're doing it again. <laughs> and there were two shows. Yeah. And, uh, so for the second one, I took my clothes off. Okay. Got <laughs> you always want to end on a nude coat. Yeah. But no, it is scary, especially once people know who you I, I remember doing it once or twice after getting on SNL, and mm-hmm. I was so scared. And I was, what am I doing? Like, I don't know how to do this anymore. And like, I don't know. My stories suck. Well, also, because <laughs> the stakes have been raised, because now it's it's Vanessa, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. Like you're on SNL and you've got all these hit characters and you feel that the bar is higher. Whether the audience feels that or not, yeah. that's how you feel. Like, oh, now I've got it. Whatever I did before when I was anonymous has to yeah. be, it has to be five times better now. Yeah, yeah. Scary. Um, you had incredible success at SNL. What's interesting, and I know you, you've, this has got to be a powerful theme for you. But I want to just go back to your childhood because it's so defining when you were ill. You were seriously, seriously ill. Yeah, yeah. And and you'd think that um, I believe you had leukemia, yes, a form of leukemia. Yeah, yeah. And you'd think that that would not fuel comedy, right? Right. But even at the time that you were sick as a child, yeah, your family tried to find humor in it. Is that right? Yes. We would joke about it all the time, and we would particularly joke about all the, like, perks we got from it. And we would, like, use it for— Like, what perks? Well— Wow, free chemo. (laughs) (laughs) Try and get that at a party. Jesus well, there's Christ. that. Well, I know. I'm it. sorry. No, 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 no. I, I. It's just like it's like whenever you go through a difficult time, yep. people are so nice to you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So maybe I'm messed up that I focus on that. But like I, you know, like like I was in high school and I could like come into school late all the time. Like I just came into school whenever I wanted. We had such a strict attendance woman. And a lot of times it was because, you know, I wanted to sleep in, especially like when, you know, later on in my treatment when things were like, you know, I was starting to feel better and stuff. I just could like come in whenever I wanted. I didn't have to do gym class. Mm. Oh, my God. That's it. That is. That you is guys are reacting clean. as big no, no, as I think. No, 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 but I, <laughs> that one hit me. No, no, no. no trust me. You big. were talking to three yeah. people who were very happy to miss Jim. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what is more humiliating in high school than gym class? Oh. And you have to change into the outfit, and it's so. And they want you to climb up a rope, yeah. and your arms don't work. Yeah. This is what I remember. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't I, climb up that rope. Yeah. I just was like, I, I don't want to start doing this, and they were like, okay. <laughs> um, what else? I, yeah, you know, one, I just, like, I didn't have to, someone asked me to homecoming and I said, well, I have, sorry, I have chemo that weekend. Mm-hmm. Was this someone you didn't want to go It was to? someone I didn't want to go with. Okay. And then I actually ended up going with someone else. I, oh. I'm, but I said, oh my God. Well, I said, oh my look, God. I said, they, that person they feel? Said, I said, they changed, I can't make it. I I've said, they chemo. changed the weekend of my chemo. But I'm still Look, not it going doesn't with make you, you a yeah. good person. <laughs> Having cancer doesn't make you a good person. 
<laughs> but, if we can get one moral out of today's episode, <laughs> then yeah, th- yeah. Wait, okay. so there's no upside to cancer then? Is what I'm hearing? Um, no, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, look, but in but I I mean I I like to think I mostly didn't use it for stuff like that, but <laughs> either way. <laughs> You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me. Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice to protect yourself from the sky high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save twenty percent today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save twenty percent. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it it down I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT Self Setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self Setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security as the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. I 
also always really liked attention. Yes. And it's yes. a great way to get it. It's like it's like when you're a kid and you see like someone come on the bus and they have a broken leg and you're like, well, it must be nice to be them. <laughs> you know, like everyone's going to sign their cast now. Okay, I have I I can exactly I can exactly relate to what you're talking about because oh when I was God. when I was in the was I was in the fourth grade. I remember it was right near my brother's birthday. I went to school and we had gym class and that day was wrestling. And as a joke, someone came running up and jumped on me and I fell backwards and put my arm back and it bent the wrong way. And I really broke my elbow badly. They were like, well, you're going to the nurse. And I go to the nurse and my arm won't work and I know something's wrong. And they call my mom and my mom comes rushing to school. I'm like, my mom is coming to school. She loves me. Yeah, she loves me. <laughs> and they, I can remember the nurse on the phone saying, it's Conan. No, he's, no, no, no. That's Neil you're thinking of. No, no, no. It's not Justin. No, Kate is a girl. No, it's not. No, it's not Jane either. No, it's okay. And she was like, got it, got it. But she came. They take me to the hospital. They uh, gave me a drug that made me super high. I remember like, I don't know what this is, but this yeah. is I suddenly have no inhibitions. <laughs> and then they put me in a big cast. My mom took me home. They put me like on a couch in like the center of the house. And I remembered all my brothers and sisters coming home and coming up to me to see how I was and everybody talking about me. And I was told, you don't have to go to school. It's almost Christmas vacation anyway. So you're going to have multiple weeks off from school. And um, then I remembered my mom because it was before Christmas, she went and got one of the toys that, quote, Santa was going to give me and gave it to me ahead of time. And I was sitting there thinking, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That is great. And then walking around with a big cast and a girl I had a crush on being like, are you okay? And I'm like, well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I may lose the arm. (laughs) You know, obviously that was like, I feel like sort of focusing on that stuff helped me get through that time, but we really had fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you do that. And then I think for a while you thought, well, I'm going to study biology. Yes. I was. Was re- that because you had been ill? Well, kind of. I mean, I it, I didn't really necessarily want to be a doctor, but I, but I really liked biology in, in um, high school. And then I, and so I went into college thinking I'll, I'll be a bio major. Mm-hmm. But then I took this really hard biology class and it was all to like weed out the pre-meds. Like they wanted to like get rid of any pre-meds. <laughs> to, weed out, to weed out the improvisers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's probably that's more like doing. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> and I immediately was like, okay, I'll be a communications major. It's And th- that's one of, you know, uh, I've, I've met so many people. I mean, honestly, one of the best writers I've ever met is Robert Smigel. Brilliant writer uh, who I met at Saturday Night Live when I was working there, and he had been pre med to be a, a to go into dentistry. Wow! And wow. Um, and then and when he graduated, like I think Cornell had to say to said to his dad, "Can I just do like a, just a couple of months of improv before I become a dentist?" And his wow. father was like, "All right, but as long as you become a dentist." <laughs> but I mean, it's amazing That's how crazy. many people yeah. uh, jump ship. Yeah, it was like you had to do sort of like a serious college major and and to like get ready for a career. And and for me, I started doing a sketch group in college. So you know, when I interned for you, I was part of. Bloomer's all-female sketch comedy and musical parody troupe. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you telling me that on the elevator once, and I said, you will never be a success, remember? (laughs) I said, I have to tell you right now, I know talent, and you will never, ever make it. Remember that, that day? Why did you bring that up? (laughs) (laughs) And you started started crying, and I said, no, 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 I'm I'm just being honest. I know it with great certainty. I've told Krasinski, I've told... (laughs) (laughs) Janie. Take it from me, none of you will ever make it. Um, there, I know this for a fact, but I haven't heard you talk about it, that you, <laughs> it's my ultimate nightmare. Oh God. You did, you did you, with, when you were with Second City, you did improv on a cruise ship. Yes, yeah. Okay, I have yeah. to hear about that because people should know who are listening, there's nothing more perilous than being the comedian or the quote, funny person on a cruise ship. Yeah. Because if it doesn't go well, there's nowhere to go and hide. Right, 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 right. And I know for a fact, um, Mike Sweeney, uh, my head, head writer for years and years and years and years, said he did stand up on a cruise once. 
and he did his his set and it didn't go well and he stayed in his cabin the rest of the time. <gasps> oh, wow. wow. Because you're, you know, you're trapped with the audience that didn't enjoy your show. Yeah, and yeah. And he once told me a story about a comedian who did so badly on a cruise ship. He wasn't there for this, but it's kind of a story in the comedy. It was a stand-up. He did so badly and the crowd got, the, the cr- people got so mad that they helivacked him off the cruise. What? Oh my God. <laughs> a helicopter came and took him away. Oh, because he had like insulted the crowd and people were really mad and looking for him and they're like we just got to get him out of here oh wow I just love the cut from a guy anchoring a crowd to a helicopter (laughs) and I always that's my time and I yeah that's my and I I never picture him in the helicopter I always picture him holding (laughs) on to a cable and being like that's my time (laughs) be good to your waitress Uh, so tell me about that I'm just curious well we I think that in the history of Second City's collaboration with Norwegian Cruise Lines, I got the, <laughs> I got the best. Uh, I was like on the best uh, run. Basically, we had we did these one week cruises and we didn't perform. And they left on Sunday and we didn't perform until Thursday night. Whoa. So for like most of the week, nobody knew who we were and we were just going to the islands, eating the food, which was not great, but but it was free. And just sort of like hanging out. And then Thursday night, we would do this sketch show that we used to do. They had us do two the first week, like two in a row, two of these like, I don't know, hour long shows. And then they decided that we'd get a better audience if we only did one. So they cut our, so they sort of cut our work that night in half. Mm-hmm. The audience didn't love the show, but it was like, it was a mix of like improv and sketches. And I remember I had this one sketch that I thought where I got to, I think I played Emily Bronte and I was like doing this like monologue and the audience, you know, it wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. So that kind of <laughs> Emily was not their favorite Bronte sister. Yeah. yeah. They for were this really they big Charlotte. Broad, yeah. They were like, what about Charlotte? For this really broad audience. <laughs> I'm doing this like really specific thing and I'm trying to get them. It's like, and they were just like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. Not interested. So uh, then I ended, so my, so I just did like an improv game. We did like, it was, it was like the audience was sort of watching it kind of like, I think they enjoyed some of it, but they mostly were sort of puzzled and kind of like, well, this is different, you know, like, uh, because the other shows that would happen on the other nights were this big dancing, like sort of like Broadway style group that would dance and sing and put on these huge productions with these huge costumes and sets. And we had like four chairs and we would just be like, hello, we are from Second City, Chicago. And people were like, (laughs) I don't, okay. Yeah. Where's the, were they costumes? Where's the music? Yeah. Yeah. Where's the people kicking in unison? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, and I'm going to play a Bronte. Oh, good. I hope it's my favorite Bronte. (laughs) I hope it's Charlotte Bronte. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got on the wrong cruise. So, yeah, we would just we'd do that. And then the next night we'd do an improv show that was, we, you know, and then the next night we'd do another improv show and that was it. You know, um, one of the things that uh, always impressed me about you is uh, it, it always occurred to me you're very prolific. You got you got on SNL and you your your characters are unlike each other, you know, you, that oh, you were able to come up with these varied characters and I didn't see the connection between them. I thought that was really impressive. Do you know what I mean? That's like, so nice. Well, it's true. Uh, you know, I, I, the bar mitzvah boy and then <laughs> you, you, the, 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 the woman doing the, the weather, what is it? Don Lazarus. <laughs> right. Um, I don't see, you were coming up with people who I thought just existed f- so far apart from each other, which I thought was very impressive. You That's know? so nice. I was really lucky because they really let me try a lot of that stuff. And sometimes it worked and, you know. Was Jacob your favorite character? Yes, I think so. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but there's the sweetness of it. Yeah. It's it's so sweet. Um, and the comedy was really good. And and I've been to many a bar mitzvah, many a bat mitzvah. I'm going to a bat mitzvah this weekend. Aww. You know, it always fascinated me as a coming from such a strong Catholic family as a kid. Right, when I would right. go to a bar mitzvah and I went to a lot of them, I was, yeah. I was trying to figure out why am I so comfortable with this religion? And it just felt somehow less judgmental to me. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, because it's like, I, I think 
I had bar bat mitzvahs every weekend in seventh grade that mm-hmm. I would go to. It was just expected. You know, you're just asking these 13-year-olds to be in this really formal setting. And especially for the boys who were like so much less further, less far along in their development than the girls, they just didn't know how to do it. And it was sort of like accepted, yeah. but they don't know where to put their hands. They don't know how to like, <laughs> like they're so, there's nothing about them has been, they've figured out nothing. No, they're not. Uh, they, it's the day that they're becoming a man, yeah. but it's so clear that no, 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 that's, <laughs> that's not yeah. I mean, first of all, I didn't become a man. I don't think till I was like 36. <laughs> so the idea that if someone had said today, Conan, you're 13, it's the day you're a man, everyone would have just lost yeah. it laughing. Yeah. And that's, so it's like, there. it just was so funny. And I don't think I realized at the time how funny it was, but I think I really was observing like these boys just being fully out of their element. And then people who have, who've seen me do the bar mitzvah boy who know my brother, like even who didn't know my brother as a kid are like, you're doing an impression of Jonah. Like you're mm-hmm. doing, so I, apparently he's still like that. But, <laughs> but, like, but just like, a, there's just like a real universe. Does he still wear a yarmulke with like the Yankees logo on it? <laughs> he, you know, he. Um, that was something we added in. Added but, in, yeah. You know, no, but I, but I also loved the um, in in the Catholic Church when we had like a confirmation or anything. There was no room to be funny. You know what I mean? Yes. It was so serious. <laughs> First communion, confirmation. It was so deadly serious. And there's incense and Christ died for you. So shut up. And <laughs> what, what I always r- really stunned me, and in, 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 in a good way, uh, about um, when I would when I would see a, go to a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah is the joking around. That's so funny because that was always really fun. Like we would always think like. Jacob's dad probably helped him write a joke, yep. like to deliver, like you know. And the joke can't be that good. <laughs> no, but to them, it's pretty. It's like it, and and that that is such a true thing, Conan. Like of like, you know, when you hear like a rabbi tell a joke, you're like, okay, this is the best rabbi in the world. Like it's just so fun to like be in that kind of like serious setting, but everyone's just like, I gotta, I gotta think of a good joke. We're all in situations where. Somebody gets up and they're like a corporate CEO or their job is delivering serious news and then they make a little joke and everyone's like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That's so much funnier than anything a comedian <laughs> has ever said. And you're sitting there thinking, not really. Yeah. That's why um, as a comedian, you should consider giving a sermon. I know. <laughs> I think I'm in the wrong business. I, I would be so much, I would be so much funnier if I was known as like a spot welder, you know? <laughs> Now the spot welder is going to make a joke and suddenly people would really appreciate me. But um, I think that's that's something that that I have noticed is that if the rabbi makes a joke, everyone's so delighted. And uh, the rabbi knows it, too. The oh, rabbi yeah. knows all I have to do is is just wiggle my little finger and I'm getting a big laugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they can kind of it's going to be hard for me to explain this, but they'll make the joke and then they'll like kind of enjoy it and then they'll go back to like. You know, when they go back to being serious, yes, I'm not yeah. doing a good job of it. No, no, no. Yeah. But then they go like right back into like, but let's think. Okay. <laughs> 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 Who are? No, let's just serious. But let's be serious here. What yeah. sacred right are we entering yeah, today? Yeah. What does it mean? And uh, so suddenly they have total power over, uh, I can make you laugh and then I can immediately yank the leash. <laughs> Say, you understand. And yeah. especially in Catholicism, you know, you can. Whatever. If a priest does make a joke, he can immediately say, he died for you (laughs) and you laugh. Um, You're going to hell. Thinking about it is really funny of going like, and that's the lesson we all get. Is it as good as a bowl of pasta? (laughs) <laughs> you know the other thing that, that, that you, did, you did this run of these commercials that just kept deteriorating is it tortoni what was um, it for totinos Tor- yeah pizza rolls oh my god oh. You get, and and what i always loved about that is um i think if one of the great uh advances that snl made from when I was there, as I think the pre-recorded pieces got more and more sophisticated, the fact that that 
you know, you're the you're the mom who's just coming in saying it's the treat that everybody wants, and I've just made it in the microwave. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, Tortoni's time, whatever, and and here it is, and then that it just got. Darker. So dark. And darker and darker and took all these insane turns. Yeah, yeah. We got really lucky with those. I mean, I I wanted to, the first year I wanted to do something about like Super Bowl commercials and how there's always like a woman who's like feeding, you know, the hungry nine guys. Gu- nine guys are going, yeah. And yeah. then the woman comes in with some treat. Exactly, exactly. And Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider I worked on it with me. We like all worked on it together. And then they kept like every year they'd be like, we should do another one. Like we should do another um, Totino's. And and they just every year got darker and darker and darker somehow. <laughs> but I also was really lucky when I was at SNL because I think, I don't know if it's because when I was in Chicago, I auditioned for commercials so much because mm-hmm. commercials were so big in Chicago. Right. Like it was like the only way you could sort of get paid to be on TV in Chicago, uh, that I was just really lucky. I got to do so many commercials and I loved always playing that woman who is like, you know, like in the last one, she gets asked her name and she doesn't have one. <laughs> like she's, like a, she's just like a lady who's kind of like there to serve. Well, I love the reveal at one point. It gets so dark that, uh, and I think this was Larry David, but everybody's like, all the guys are always going like, yeah, yeah, on the screen. And then you walk around and there's nothing on the screen. Yeah. And yeah. we see that you're, I mean, it was very Twilight Zone, yeah. but there's there's a whole different kind of tone I, I just love that the show opened itself up to all these different textures. Yeah, it was so fun doing those. And I, I appreciate I mean, it, it's like the longer I was there, they kind of let me do stuff that was sort of weird. Like, you know, it's it's hard to kind of get that stuff on. But then they like slowly like, I don't know. It was really fun. I think that show's doing something right and will probably last. Yeah. <laughs> probably going to make it. You said on year 78. Um, I want to talk about uh, your show. I love that for you, which I really like a lot. That's and, so nice. uh, it is, and I want to tell people, encourage people to watch this show because it's personal. It does feel like it's coming from your personal story. Yeah. Because you're... Uh, character was ill as a child. Yes. A big part of the show is when you're a child and you're ill, you fall in love with home shopping shows. Yes. <laughs> is that is that true to you? Yes. I mean, when I was, even bef- before I was sick is when I watched the most home shopping. I mean, when I so was- So maybe they made you sick. So maybe they- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Jesus. there could be a link. Come on. I'd like to get that out there. I hope that's the headline. <laughs> um. <laughs> if you see jewelry, if you see cheap jewelry from too many angles in close up it maybe it weeks weakens the immune system it's possible <laughs> well well look um. <laughs> no uh your character you that that is yeah. borrowed from your childhood yes i loved home shopping when i was little and i would like tape it like i i wow. i everything about it seems so glamorous to me i love the way that the women would like tell the hosts like would tell the stories about the product and they'd be like, you can wear this to a brunch with friends. You can wear this, you know, to your to your goddaughter's christening or whatever. And I'd be like, that's I, I don't have a goddaughter at this. But like, it's like she'll have a christening someday. And, you know, it's like I just was like it, the idea of like being a woman who had all these things to wear the, this jewelry to or whatever it was, right, right. was so fun for me to like, you know, and like I just I loved it. I loved how they like touched all the products and how they just sort of like. It was so mesmerizing. And I think that's a lot of people like, you know, in the same way people keep like sports on all the time on Mm -hmm. their TV. I think a lot of people do that with home shopping because it's so soothing and so kind of it's such a kind of um, escape in a lot of ways. And so I just like loved it as a kid. And it wasn't like I was necessarily escaping anything, but I just loved watching it. It was like, it's so, it is in retrospect sort of odd that like other kids were probably watching like cartoons. <laughs> like, whatever. So the they're bell. all, they're all talking about Saved by the Bell or a cartoon and you were saying, oh my God, that cubic zirconian <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> necklace 
1999. Yeah. I'm like, this is such a steal and it's so versatile and I can wear it, you know, I can wear it in the cafeteria and then I can wear it after school when I'm right. going. And your goddaughter, I will give this to my goddaughter one day. And then she'll take it to a jeweler and he'll say, this is shit. This is also something that I would always, when we were writing, I, I like some, some of the writers who are like less uh, familiar with home shopping would be like, yeah, like the, and we had such incredible writers, but like they'd be like, like, yeah, like this, like the, like, let's talk about like they selling this shitty necklace or something. And I'd always be like, I just got to tell you the stuff they sell is actually really nice. <laughs> well, that's the, okay. <laughs> but Vanessa, you bring up a really good point, which is one of the, one of the things I really like about the show. And, and by the way, your cast is great and you have Molly Shannon. Isn't that incredible? Who's <clears throat> one of my favorite people uh, of all time. She's so good in your show. But the point that I wanted to make was that I like that your character's enthusiasm for home shopping uh, and the home shopping network and home shopping shows is genuine and real. And as long as you play it that way, you actually start to agree. Like that was my experience watching it is you're not winking and making fun of this. Right, yeah. And if you both play that reality as the viewer, I have respect for it. Yeah, that's so nice. But I mean, I think yeah. that's, it, if you had been snarky about it, yeah. it wouldn't work. I think that was something that's, I really appreciate that. That's something we really, from like day one, my co-creator Jeremy Byler and I were like, we can't make fun of it. Because it's, first of all, I really do love it. Like, I think <laughs> it's, you know, incredible. But it's also, it's just like, just kind of what assholes we would be if we were just like up there kind of being like, you know, like, look at this dumb world. You know, like we yeah. really wanted to have respect for the world. And, and it is like an incredible, it's like this huge business of live TV. It's like this whole world. And I guess now I'm just rambling. But yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the rambling light go off? Yeah, it's just right <laughs> yeah, it's there. Right, it's right. I shouldn't have that behind me staring at you. Well, look. I just hit this button. Rambling. Rambling. With Jeff Goldblum, I'm just constantly pounding it. Rambling, rambling, rambling. No, uh, I think that you've made like a really nice world with this show. And I, I can tell this was, it It comes from your personal story to a degree, and then you've found all this great stuff with it. Yeah. It's really nice. It's been really fun because the whole world of home shopping is so, it's such a great world to have comedy in because it's like these hosts have to talk for such a long time, you know, and they inevitably start talking about their lives and stuff because it's like that's, you know, and that also makes it relatable and the product's relatable. It makes people think like the hosts are their friends, you know, and stuff. So it's like, it's such a fun world to like, you know, uh, you know, just just play around and and um, people pass around like bloopers from home shopping and stuff, and right. that's like a big thing. But I think just the regular home shopping is so entertaining <laughs> because it's just hearing these hosts talk about their lives and and you know tell these stories about the products and stuff. It's like so mesmerizing. It's so fun to watch. The uh, and so you still watch today. You still watch. Yeah, I mean, especially I got more into it when we were. I kind of got back into it when we were watching. Uh, when we were writing the show. Do you have a working knowledge of their bios now? Have you pieced everything together where it just feels like you know kind well, of personally? Th- there's two hosts that I used to watch as a kid, Jane Tracy and Mary Beth Rowe. And, um, <laughs> I, I wish you had said, say it with me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jeremy and I took a tour of QVC when we first started working on, the, on this show, and we got to meet them. Like We got to spend an hour talking to them it felt like it was like 10 minutes because they still work there. They're still like the most like kind of iconic, iconic hosts yeah. there. And um, they are like, they're just incredible to talk to, you know, like it, it, it's just like, uh, so yeah. So getting to meet them, even like after seven years on SNL, where I got to meet like a different, you know, ho- celebrity host and musical guest every week, I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is the big time. <laughs> this is, yeah. I was like so starstruck. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked with the biggest stars in in film and music, but now we're getting serious. Yeah. How many have you made? I love that for you. We've made eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be eight in this season. Mm-hmm. And when I say we've made eight, does that mean, you know, eight are done? 
You know, like, we're still editing. You need to not lie to me. Yeah. Are they done completely post-production, edited, sound? Yeah. Everything's been bound? That's what you need to know. Okay. Well, no, listen, then you didn't make eight. I'm sorry. Now I'm snapping at you again. (laughs) I'm sorry. Gotcha journalism. (laughs) Well, we've exposed you, Vanessa, for the fraud that you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. You made eight. Yeah, but But the sound mixing, is the sound mixing really done? Yeah, well, I'm going into sound mix today, so I guess the sounds are sound. Well, um, (laughs) I... I really like the show so much, and uh, I hope you keep making more and more of them. Thank you so much. It's terrific. I love that for you. It's really good. How do people watch it? So, okay, you can stream it wherever you stream Showtime, starting mm-hmm. on Fridays, like any any old Friday. <laughs> it's out now. <laughs> a, but there's some new, Fridays where so it's new, forbidden new to stream. <laughs> new, so the episodes are on Showtime. <laughs> are there some Fridays where if you try and stream it, you'll be arrested? You can, yes. Yeah. Okay, don't, don't do it on that Friday. Fridays. Um, but yeah. so they, the ep- new episodes come out every Friday on Showtime, wherever yeah. you stream Showtime, but then they also come out on actual Showtime channel. Yeah. Is that what we call it? On Sunday night at 8.30. You're asking me, I'm 95 years old. And I think by the time you hear this, most of them will be out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By the time you so hear this, just go ahead and they'll stream They'll be out, them. but um, please watch this show. I love that for you because it's so well done and you always make me laugh. And then- Sometimes people, um, especially, you know, after an experience like SNL, they can have a hard time figuring out how do I channel myself in this next project? And you found it, which is so great. Thanks so, so much. Yeah. I'm well, really, I couldn't have done it without my internship. Uh, let's all be honest. <laughs> well, um, thank you that we brought it back to, uh, again, um, all comedy does come from me oh. eventually. Oh, boy. And has, because I travel through time. Oh. So I gave Steve Martin his start and uh, Charlie Chaplin his start. I'm dangerously <laughs> mentally ill. Yeah. I think we've established that. I think the divine then, comedy comes from <laughs> <laughs> My... Uh, my favorite thing, I've said this before and I'll say it again, my favorite thing about this uh, podcast form that I love, I get to sit with you and really have the conversation I've wanted to have. So this is that's really nice. so nice. This it's, is what my people call a mitzvah for me. Yes, Thank you. that's what, I don't that's know, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but it's, it's an old Irish term. Yeah, right. It's an okay. old Irish term. Okay. It means a really good potato. Okay. Oh, love like that. a really yes. good large potato. Yes. That goes well with a Guinness. Um, but Vanessa, thank you so much for being thank here. This you. has been a big treat for this us. This has been so fun. Thank yeah. you so much. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo there's this new thing called rap i don't know what's happening anymore but guess what in a world full of change there's one thing that hasn't changed Mm -hmm. the great taste of miller light are you with me on this oh yeah i'm right there with you yeah and you know another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling yeah i hate a filling beer when i have a filling beer i just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days but not with miller light So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it's less filling Miller Light or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. All right, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Light keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people 
who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn <laughs> members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Mm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. All right, I'm going to let our listeners in behind the scenes here for just a moment. Um, we've just experienced real technical difficulties. Yeah, we have. We were supposed to be joined by Matt Gorley, who has a babysitter emergency. Yeah. Uh, this is the babysitter that looks after him, apparently, <laughs> not his child. Uh, and Matt couldn't be on this Zoom. He was going to be on a Zoom, but there's a technical difficulty. Yeah. During this technical difficulty, while we're waiting for Matt, we're sitting here and we're waiting, and you take a phone call from your mom. Yes. And suddenly, I'm no longer in the United States. Okay. No, I'm now. Listen, I'm. You know how tolerant I am of other cultures and how much I love the Armenian Do people. Do I? But oh, listen, okay. But listen, but listen. You started talking in Armenian. Yes. Could you give us just a sample of the kinds of things you, you were saying? Because I was sitting here. I'm very proud of my people. Died to come to this country. You know. Okay. Um, it was an arduous journey. And they fought hard to carve out a, a spot here in the United States. Right, okay. And so I, I thought I was here in the U.S. when suddenly I was transported to Armenia. Well, the United States is a big melting pot. There are a lot of immigrants here who speak different languages. Mm -hmm. And I love that about this country. Yes. I but really you, do. You do sometimes say, what is that, mishmish? Or, no, no, no. That's insensitive. I would never say that. Yeah, okay. But tell me what you were saying, because it's it's fascinating to me. I'm sitting here, and I know you as Sona, and suddenly, yeah. uh, well, tell us what you were saying. So my mom mom called mm -hmm. and we are you know we feeding the boys now is is like a process because they're eating more solids and mm -hmm. you know not as much milk and so my mom doesn't fully know yet how to how to do that and right. handle it so she called me and she was just like ancient em sona you know uh i'm like mama bargetsav and you know is now, what are you saying here what, what is what is being she's said? like i don't know what to do right now i'm like did he sleep and you know you know did he drink milk like but i think that when my my mom calls and i start speaking to her in armenian you do this you always do this bit where you're like what was that what was that? Well, it's very, <laughs> it's very arresting. It's very shocking. Um, I'm just not used to it. Yeah. Now we're here in our new podcast studios and um, I own this building and I own this podcast studio. Okay. And I think of this, tell me if I'm wrong, as sovereign U.S. soil, you know? Okay. And um, okay. am I allowed to forbid you no. from speaking a foreign language no. in in this building? No, you're absolutely, that's a hundred, a hundred percent not Okay. To okay. say that someone can't speak a foreign language. Well, in I this feel like this is like, you know, the way in an embassy is sacred soil. You can speak different languages in embassies. What, there's nowhere where this is okay that you're talking. This, I like, feel like this is all I've ever wanted is my own clubhouse. And now I finally, you know, we've always, you know, I was working at 30 Rock for years and then I'm working at Warner Brothers. I'm always there at someone else's behest. Now, finally, Willy Wonka, I'm being Willy Wonka, I have my own chocolate factory. <laughs> This is, I'm Pee Wee and this is my playhouse. And um, so I do feel like I'm allowed to act like an insane emperor and say things like, what? What are you speaking? Are, no more of that. Are you Only English. Are you upset that you can't understand it and that you wish you could speak another language and be cool like m me? Like, does, I feel like you're just a little jealous. I don't think I'm jealous. You're jealous. It, I don't think so. I no. think you're jealous. I, I think, think you're jealous because I can speak another language and I like switch on and off. It's really shocking. I'm, I remember the first time almost 11, 12 years ago when I heard you talking to your mom outside my door. I had no idea that you spoke this this foreign tongue. Um, 
But listen, let's do a thing where I speak to you in English and you answer me in Armenian, okay? okay. I want All people right. to understand. Okay. Um, how are you today, Sona? Okay. Yeah. Um, I wish to sort of sabotage the United States of America. Um, will you help me in my evil scheme? Yeah, mortet shat germage. Yes, I sank germag mortme hitch chem desads. Yes, bad USA. Yeah. Yes, we must bring down the bad United States. Yeah. We must work within the United States to bring it down as secret <laughs> spies. Don't you agree, Sona? Don't you agree? Shut up, Stop laughing, spy. We're here to destroy America from within. <laughs> no, no, no. Shad shad abush panergis escorias. American shad kasirem. Yes, yes. I agree. Yeah. What's attack when they're least expected? Yeah. <laughs> yes, in the night. <laughs> In the night. What is the the plan here? I don't know. It you're just sounds. I love that, that you're. You, I love that you're probably saying things like um, they like boiled pork. No, and also I'm saying really mean things about you specifically. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. What are you saying? I'm saying uh, I hate working here. Your <laughs> your skin is super white. I've never seen someone's skin so white before. Oh, okay. And uh, All right. yeah, then you just kept talking about <laughs> taking down America. I don't know. I just, don't understand I don't what the know. plan was. <laughs> We're going to attack in the night when they expect at least. We're going to attack who? Who are we attacking? I'm not sure. I didn't have my plan all worked out, but you answer. And you're speaking in English, so people. What is know the what language that Armenian is closest to? Is it close to Russian? No. It's not. What but is it? What is I it? Think, what is it close to? Well, you know, Tak speaks Russian because he grew up in the Soviet Union, right? Um, and you know, there's Armenians from Lebanon who speak Arabic, and mm -hmm. there's uh, and P Armenians from Iran who speak Arabic, and my parents are from Istanbul, so they speak Turkish too. I think this is cool. I love how multicultural you are, and I love that you're bringing this perspective to the podcast. And all I have to say to you is, in my building, English only, <laughs> only English. <laughs> Why are you saying it with an accent? I don't know. <laughs> I say English only. I still believe that if you speak English with an accent, other people can understand you who don't speak English. I say English only. <laughs> Why? That doesn't make any sense. My building, English only. I have no uh, idea what I'm, I'm this well, is insane. Because I know that it upsets you to speak a different language, I'm only ever going to speak in Armenian from now on. Okay, so let's uh, wrap up this segment. Um, you and your tongue and, and me and mine. Okay. 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 Oh, gosh, and Bigora. Thank <laughs> you, Sona. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. It was nice having you here today. And how are you, Sona? Would you anything to say to the fans yeah. before we slip over the rainbow and say goodnight? Yeah. Ah, see, people from different cultures can get along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have a Oh, no, I like America. No, I won't attack it. <laughs> what is this bit? I don't know. I, I don't just, understand what the bit is. I like is. trying to make it sound like you're up to something bad. Why? Because it's just say, as amusing But you're me. saying the English part and you're saying the whole plan in English. And so I don't understand what the thing is. I, what, what's, what's the bit? That you were like planning a thing, but your part is in English and you're saying what the plan is in English? What's happening? I love what's the bit. What's the bit here? What's the bit? Won't you trust me? I'm the bit captain. I've been in the bit business for a long time. Just trust no, me. No, this bit doesn't make sense. Don't say bit captain in the right. bit business. All right, this we're out. This is stupid. We're I, out. This, this was a waste. Good night to all of you. It was a wasted segment. <laughs> say good night, Sona, in your own special tongue. Kishar Pari. Barev. Inchpasek. Love him. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sona Movsesian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. 
You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.